Generational differences, are they real or just something we've been led to believe? Hello, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Joe White, and I'm the host of Supervisor Skills, Secrets of Success. The SOS podcast series is produced for the ongoing development of frontline managers. With each episode, we take on a topic of interest and interview subject matter experts for the benefit of our listeners. In today's episode, we're going to talk about generational differences, something that I've heard a lot of discussion about in recent times. My guest today is leadership expert Cam Marston with Generational Insights. Welcome, Cam, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Joe. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Well, I want to jump right into this. This is a topic that we we get so many questions about. And, and you know, I was sharing with someone recently, when, when you talk about leadership and, and, and the, the folks that we engage with, especially with these podcasts, there's there's a number of different perspectives, but it's at the end of the day, it's like we're talking about the same thing. We're just we're just coming at it from a different approach or a different angle. So this notion of generational differences and, and how it really factors into the workplace today is very important. So I'm going to open up and, and just ask you, why is this something that business owners, company owners, um, senior executives, why why is the notion of generational differences something they really need to be paying attention to? Most people believe that their preferences around the workplace are going to be shared by other people as well. I, Cam Marston, have preferences about doing a job this way or that way. I have preferences about communicating in the workplace this way or that way. And my assumption is those that surround me will share those preferences and therefore we'll all get along. But so often, many of the challenges and many of the, much of the conflict in the workplace is about misinterpreting or misunderstanding another person's workplace preferences. There are many different ways to slice these preferences, one of which that we study is generationally. So I, as a Generation Xer, have these preferences and may assume that the millennials may share them. But when I uh, find that there are differences in these preferences, What I don't do typically is spend a moment and say, uh, that's a millennial generational preference. I usually make an attack in my head, perhaps, of something like, what's wrong with them? They have no work ethic. Uh, They don't respect authority. They're lazy. They don't respect wisdom. So I leap to a conclusion. What we do in understanding these generational preferences is work with our clients to say, hey, there's a better way to work with your team once you understand where they're coming from. And I think that's significant to every workplace. Yeah, it's, again, this is a topic in, in every, every working uh, environment, every sector that we, we're involved with. You know, this whole notion of emerging generations and the differences and why don't they look at the world or view the work, workplace the same way that I do, uh, these discussions, uh, we hear them all the time. It's been my business for the past 20 years. And it's usually the senior people, both in age as well as in responsibility, the senior people in the workplace, working or asking questions to understand the junior. Uh, it's not all, always that way, but that's usually the way it is. What do I need to know to better connect with and engage and motivate and retain my workforce? And it's been an issue since Generation Xers entered the workplace is when these questions began to arise. Now we've got the Xers as managers. We've got the millennials also as managers, usually kind of uh, entry level still. And right on the horizon now, just, just visible on the horizon, is the next generation. Some call them iGen. Some call them Gen Z. 
So their workplace motivations and preferences are going to become very important very soon. So it, it remains uh, a big topic, and our approach to it is understanding is the way. Great points. We specialize in, in, in focusing these podcasts at the, at the level of the organization where the interface with the employees and are in some cases with the, with the uh, clients exist. And it's on that shop floor level with the supervisors, the managers, the foremen. You know, what about this topic is important to them? What is it that they really need to know? Why is this and it's something that they really need to be paying attention to? First is I think that there, uh, there's the frustration that these frontline supervisors, frontline managers face is often, like I said a moment ago, of what's wrong with them, right. with, an, uh, with a finger pointing at them, what's wrong with them. And what I think they need to know and understand is that with some changes in behavior, these frontline managers and supervisors will see some more success. There is titled leadership, and these frontline managers and supervisors have titled leadership. And because of titled leadership, they can, I use this word loosely, but force people to behave a certain way. They can mandate that things get done one way or the other. However, what we try to teach these frontline people is that high-performing teams are not high-performing because you're the boss. They're high-performing because the members of the team want to work there and want to work a certain way. And when we teach them how that is, these frontline managers and supervisors see their influence and their success grow. And for that reason, I think they should be interested in one, what, understanding the generational preferences that we study. I'm going to test a theory with you. Uh, I've been in the workforce uh, about 30 years, and when I first came into the workforce, you would typically respond to a supervisor with um, trying to clarify, understanding, making making sure you knew what the objectives were. But you really didn't go into the whole, why am I doing this? It was more about what and when and not how, or I mean, not not the why. So I'm going to ask you, is that something that's more relevant today? Is that real or, or am I just imagining that, that the why is suddenly um, a bit more important? It is more important. And there are a couple of reasons for it. First, uh, many of today's youth, and I describe that as any entry-level workforce, let's say up through 30. Uh, have been inspired, have been told to go out and find a good job that makes them happy. And in that, that command, in that directive from their guidance counselor, from their graduation speaker, from their parents, whoever it is, they enter the workforce trying to determine what a good job is and what makes them happy. And a part of that is the answer to the question, why? Why am I doing it? Why am I doing it this way? Right. It is the need to feel fully I guess, educated on the components of the job. Uh, secondly, you're going to find you're finding today in the younger workforce a real call to mission. Uh, and it's a mission of why am I doing this? What is the greater purpose here? What is the greater purpose of XYZ organization? And it's not just do the job to get paid. It's I can go get a job elsewhere. There are plenty of people that want me. But I'm going to find a place that has a mission that I embrace. That's now, you're not going to see people embrace that mission minute by minute every day once they're clear on it. But it is going to make them want to come to work. It is going to make them double check or, or reconsider other job offers when they feel like they are working for a mission. And part of that mission is understanding why. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing it this way? 
So to answer your question, Joe, yeah, the why question has shown up and it is relevant and it is it can be a pain in the tail of the supervisor who says, listen, man, I don't want to have to answer why. Just do this. Just help me out and do this the way I've instructed you. I've got history doing this job. I've got a legacy doing this. I know what, how, and when you need to do it. Just believe me. However, if they refuse to answer why, they're going to find a disengaged and perhaps disloyal workforce eager to search elsewhere. And again, the workforce isn't going to walk around and chant the mission. They're going to wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to work here because of their mission. And when I get there, I'm going to do it. Uh, so why continues to become, uh, continues to be a significant question. And there's a, there's a third reason, and that is oftentimes the youth feel like their ideas and their fluency with technology will yield a quicker, better way of doing things. That's when you, when you survey the generations and you say, what does your generation bring of value to the workplace? The youth often, I would say always, reply with fluency and understanding of technology. Fluency right. and technology and understanding of it. Right. So their question why is also trying to help them find quick, better, quicker ways to get things done. And there's two different ways you can go on that attitude. But go back to your basic question. Is the question why being asked more today than in the past? And is, is it important to answer? Yeah, it is. It is to both of those. You, you definitely triggered a, a, a recent uh, or a memory with a recent article that I read talking about how organizations today, you know, historically we, we've heard a lot about the need to have a mission statement and that that's so important in, in creating your strategic plans. But the one of the trends now that we're seeing is that mission statements are being supplemented with statements regarding social calls, that organizations are now tying themselves to social causes. And it's really going back to that notion that you made uh, about the younger generations having a preference to, to work somewhere where they can really relate and respond to the mission of that organization. So that why is uh, all bundled in that and seems to be increasingly important. I, I couldn't agree more. I would like to shout that from the rooftop. <laughs> the, uh, the mission of the organization, and when I say that, uh, you, you've touched on something I realized I didn't clarify. When I say mission, it's just not who we are as an organization, what we do, but why we do it to make the world a better place, which ties into those social calls that you just mentioned. Right. If, you've got a, if you're recruiting and you're trying to get a workforce out there, and you don't have something clear in your materials, whether that be a website, whether that be a flyer, whatever it may be, about why you do it to make the world a better place, you're tying one arm behind your back in your recruiting efforts. Absolutely. Yes, money and benefits and all that matter. But that mission, that social cause, is a key element to recruiting more talent, and, and I think will be for a time to come. There's kind of almost a baby boomer feel of social justice when the boomers were coming of age that we're seeing in the millennials right now and the, and the Gen Z, the generation younger than the millennials. That's great insight. A lot, a lot of good advice in that, uh, that dialogue. Cam, in an earlier conversation we had, you, uh, you had shared some concerns specifically involving Gen X managers. Um, explain that a little bit more. I'd like for our, our listeners to benefit from that, that discussion as well. Yeah, I'm happy to. It's, it's perhaps one of my missions these days is to help that Generation X manager understand what it takes to be successful 
and perhaps more importantly, I don't like to focus on the negatives, but there's no way around this. Understand what they may be doing wrong. Oh, and, and let's uh, begin it, with the simple. Yeah, I was going to say, if you would, and and just to put this in context, help us understand who are the Gen X managers. Yeah. Gen X managers. So first, Generation X, born between 1965 and 1979. Okay. And more than the birth years, though, are the characteristics. And so, as I describe this, your listeners may recognize themselves or other people. But the Generation X manager, and uh, there's a little bit of a, a, a back plot to it, but it's the latchkey kid who has come of age and is now leading teams. And that latchkey kid was raised in a time where he or she, and this is more prevalent in males than females, by the way, he or she had to, quote unquote, and I'm using air quotes, figure it out themselves. That is one of the, the fingerprints of the latchkey kids is they had to figure things out themselves due to the necessity of parents working. So as a, as a child in their home, they were often alone figuring things out. What do I get for a snack? What do I do after school? How do I solve this homework problem? And the universal reply from the parents was, I wish I could be there, but you're going to have to figure this out yourself. The generation experts have taken great pride in figuring things out themselves, and they've entered the workforce with this as a badge of, of honor. And as they, Generation Xers, entered the workforce a while back, they were also told in the workforce to figure things out for themselves. The boss, the manager, the supervisor, yeah, figure that out. This is, you know what we need done. Figure it out how to do it. And the Gen Xer today now in a position of leadership, a frontline manager, a supervisor, a director, whatever their title may be, cherishes this figure it out yourself attitude. And they can cite things that they figured out themselves that they are now fluent in, a process, a sales process, a, a process on the warehouse floor, whatever it may be. And they look at the generation who's younger than them, the millennials, and say to the millennials, you know what? You've asked me a great question, and I do know the answer to that question. However, I'm not going to tell you the answer to that question. Instead, I'm going to tell you to figure it out yourself. Wow. Because when I was in your shoes and was told to figure it out myself, I did. And I learned it in such a way that I'll never forget it. So, millennial, I could tell you, to, I could tell you the answer. I could show you the answer. I could show you the way. But I'm not. And it's going to be the greatest favor I could ever do to you is to throw you back into the boiling water <laughs> and tell you to figure it out yourself. Wow. And the answer is proud of this direction that he's given this millennial or this Gen Z. However, let's look at it from the other point of view, and this is what often gets lost. When you think of the millennial generation, how much have they had to figure it out themselves? Through no fault of their own, their life has been facilitated with answers. Adults have often been, you know, Siri or Alexa, hey, what do I do? And there is someone there to deliver the answer. It was a parenting style that influenced the raising of the millennials of there to help, there to aid, there to assist. And when the millennials here figure it out themselves, what resonates in them is he doesn't like me. Wow. My boss doesn't like me. If he liked me, he would tell me the answer. Because he's not telling me the answer, because he's telling me to figure it out myself, it's obvious that he doesn't like me. I came in here to find a good job that makes me happy. If he doesn't like me, I'm probably not going to be very happy very long. I wonder where my next job will be. Wow. So in the same moment that this Gen X manager says figure it out himself, the millennial is hearing he doesn't like me. 
same moment the Gen X answer is saying, I'm doing the best favor for this young man that I can do, that young man is saying, I wonder where my next job will be. And I said this a little while ago, and I want to say it again. A high-performing team is not based on the manager's direction. It's based on the individual's desire to do the job the way that they see best to do it. And if this young millennial is saying, boss, can you help me with the answer? Then that's what matters. And the Gen X manager needs to say, yeah, I can. Let me tell you what to do. In fact, let me walk you through it myself. Not figure it out yourself. My experience, millennial Gen Z turnover is more driven by Gen X managers than any other thing. Wow. And they will go to that manager and say, hey, boss, I got a quarter more down the street, quarter more an hour, 50 cents more an hour. Uh, I can promise you, if that boss were helping that millennial in the way that I've just described they should, that quarter, that 50 cents wouldn't matter. You know, it, I, the great, you know, the way you piece that together and the way, I mean, it makes total sense. And, and you know, I look at both from both perspectives and, you know, both feel that they're doing the right thing, and it's just that the needs of each are not necessarily being met. And, you know, I'm going to teach you the way that I was taught that worked for me. Why won't it work for you? I mean, that's that makes complete sense, and I can certainly see how that would uh, play out in an actual situation or circumstance. When I, when I work with these Gen X managers, and I'll give you an example. Last week was in front of an audience, uh, a, a rare appearance in front of an audience in these COVID times, but... <laughs> I laid that out similarly to what you and I just discussed there just a moment ago. And I could, there was one guy in the room that literally put his palm to his forehead and went, oh my gosh, that's it. That's what I've been doing, and that's the root of the problem. Now, what we've not even discussed here, there's two more things to discuss. I want to make sure we, we fill this, this vessel with the solution. Number one is uh, the baby boomers who may work for the Generation Xers are team-oriented people. And figure it out yourself doesn't work well for teams. Right. The boomers like to be together and to acknowledge one another and work and help with each other. So when the Xer is managing the boomer, that figure it out yourself workplace style doesn't work either. And the final thing is, well, what do I do? Right. That, that there, there's got to be a Gen X manager who maybe has just uh, identified himself in this content or someone who he or she is close to. And they're asking the question, well, what do I do? Well, here's the answer. You answer the question. You show them. You walk them through. And you may say to yourself, that's going to take so much time. That's not the way it should be done. That's holding hands. That's uh, treating these people with kid gloves. Maybe so from your point of view. But the alternative is you're going to have to find someone new to hire. And I can promise you the little bit of time you spent showing these people what the answer is versus the effort required to find and hire somebody new is well worth your effort. And secondly, that individual who you're now working with is going to say, I was looking for a good job that makes me happy. And he, my boss, he likes me. He spent some time with me. That makes me happy. So go find these people. I tell my Gen X managers, if they have a question, answer the question, but become very interested in them as well. It's one of the other remaining pieces of the puzzle is to be sincerely interested in them. One of the other fingerprints of the Gen X management style is I've got all the friends I need. We don't need to be friends. Let's just work together. I'm not interested in hearing about your weekend. I don't expect to have to talk to you about mine. Let's just work together. Good Lord, please don't show me any baby pictures. I have a hard time acting interested in that. Let's 
just work together. Right. And you can hear from the millennial description I gave a moment ago that that attitude ain't going to go over very well either. Show some interest. Be sincerely, genuinely interested. Ask questions. Check in. Ask about weekends. Smile and nod at the baby pictures. And you're going to find a, a, a more engaged workforce with much less turnover. All right. Great. Those are great points, Cam. And, you know, think about a conversation that I had recently with someone that was sharing with me that their daughter actually left the company they were working for. And and I asked her, I said, well, what was the motive? I'd love to know being, you know, with the nature of work that I do. And she shared with me that her daughter wasn't receiving feedback. That and she's she's fairly young. She's right out of college, but the the the, the catalyst, the motive, the motive for her leaving the company that she was with is because she didn't receive any sort of performance feedback, and and that was very important. Now in my generation, no news was good news. Uh, you know, exactly. if I if I saw a manager once a year that wanted to talk about performance. That was more than enough. And and here's an example of someone that's recently out of college that says, look, you're not giving me feedback. And guess what? I want it. And because you're not providing it, I'm leaving. So Absolutely. I, I, I want to ask, in your experience, in your opinion, are younger generations generally more collaborative? And, and what does that really mean for a supervisor or foreman? I think the story that you've just given is very typical in the workplace. In fact, I'm hearing new hires into the workplace this year in this COVID time are really reluctant to uh, enter a workplace where they won't have collaborative opportunities with their peers. In other words, the employer is saying, we'd love to hire you. You'll work from home uh, on a regular basis. And the new hires are going, well, how frequently will I be able to collaborate? What we're seeing is this effort to collaborate and to be a part of the, uh, of the team, uh, to, for, to be a functioning and participating member of a highly collaborative team. Now, you can imagine, let's take this young lady that you mentioned a moment ago who left due to lack of feedback. You can imagine her boss was saying, I am giving you an opportunity to perform. I am giving you an opportunity to show off. I am not going to uh, micromanage you. Right. And it's interesting that the very behaviors that one generation calls micromanaging, <laughs> the other generation calls collaborative feedback, collaborative uh, teamwork. So I, as the ex or manager, may say, I'm not really interested in micromanaging you. And when the millennial says, I'm, or the, the Gen Z says, well, I'm looking for feedback, me, the Gen Xer, says, well, that sounds like micromanagement, and I'm just not going to do that. It's, <laughs> it's not. Right. To that next generation, it's not. It's input. It's feedback. And there's two components to it. Number one, that Gen X manager needs to gather the team on a regular basis, whether it's under the same roof or in a Zoom call, and say, hey, team, how's it going? What's going on out there? Tell me something you all have learned this week about the job. Tell me all something you've learned this week about a customer who you interact with. Or tell me something you learned about your peer and your counterpart. It's very a light conversation about what you've learned. So pulling the team together, number one, and letting them talk so everyone else can hear what's going on. But number two is reaching out individually to each team member to say, yeah, we were on the Zoom call. I saw you on the call, but I really want to talk to you now. What's going on with you personally? You know, it's a phone call. It's a one-on-one. Right. And those two things are a level of collaboration that today's current management and leadership thinks is micromanaging. And they got to get over that because that next generation is looking for it. 
Yeah, there's there's so much that we almost want to. I feel like we almost need to unlearn, especially with my background experiences that I've had. I almost need to unlearn some of the practices that uh, I grew up with and I was exposed to early on in my career. So, yeah, I I think that's the case for many people right now. Yeah, we're almost out of time, but there's one question that I have, and this is one that I get often. Let's face it. Gen Z is now coming in the front gate and they're going to be coming in droves for for several years. What is it that I really need to know about Gen Z? If I'm a contractor, I'm a, you know, a a maritime company, mining company. What is it that that I really need to know about Gen Z? I think we can expect a lot of the same levels of collaboration with them, perhaps a little bit more as well. One of the things that I'm most concerned about, and this is not cheerful, but this is reality, is the mental health and mental stability of a generation that has been isolated due to these COVID times more so than any generation past. And I think mental health, which has been coming up on the radar for years now, is going to be something we're going to be, have to be more acutely aware of particularly with Gen Z as teammates and learning to identify uh, poor mental health and what to do about it. I also am concerned a little bit about communication skills as a result of uh, the isolation that they may have seen in their lifetime due to, again, to this COVID time here. We will continue to see a reliance and dependence upon technology, which is, gosh knows, there's a lot of happiness that can be found absent technology. But we're going to continue to see a lot of reliance and dependence upon technology. So collaboration, keeping an eye on mental health, uh, and a technology-dependent generation. Technology-resourceful, the other side of that resourceful coin might be dependent generation. And as they're entering into the workplace, time will tell exactly what their specific workplace preferences are. But I think you're going to see a demand as well for personalized schedules. And I know many of your listeners say, well, that's just not possible with what we do. I I recognize that. But that demand, that interest is going to be there. Be aware of it. Be ready for it. Great points. You know, I just made a note. I'm definitely going to be revisiting Gen Z. I'm going to probably give it a year or so, but I'd love to come back and revisit specifically some of the traits and characteristics that are taking shape uh, with, with Gen Z. Well, it gives me a timeline. I got a year to get some good content together on them. We've got them on the radar. Hopefully in a year we'll have something specific to share. Oh, thank you so much. Well, Cam, look, I I really appreciate your time today. As always, uh, very insightful. Love to talk to you. Um, Just a wealth of information that you share. And I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you, Joe. It was wonderful to connect. Thank you so much. Okay, uh, contact information for Cam is available in the show notes for this podcast. Uh, in the case, uh, in the event that anybody would like to follow up with him, I know Cam has a wealth of information available and uh, would love to talk with you. For those listening, I hope you found the uh, discussion day of value and benefit. I know I have. Um, if so, please help us spread the word. Share the podcast with others that you know of that may have interest. The SOS podcast series is brought to you by AEU Lead, a consultancy dedicated to the needs of frontline managers. For additional information or to follow us on social media, please use the links provided in the show notes. That's it for now. Stay safe and thanks for listening.